It wasn't oh. supposed to be goodbye today, Hugh. Was not supposed to be goodbye today. We were supposed to be getting ready for game one of a World Series. Yes. Talking to Scott about the matchup against the Rangers or the Astros. We didn't know at that point. But it was not supposed to be goodbye. Unfortunately, it is, at least for now. But we're glad to have Scott Fransky on today to uh, go through the emotions with us and obviously look forward to a big offseason here with the Phillies. Scott, how you doing today? How you doing, Scott? Really? <laughs> yeah, we... Yeah, I'm, I mean, Kyle's yeah, in charge of the music. We're, we're sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm partner. Sorry. No, no, it, it sucks. Believe me, it sucks. Uh, yeah, we were supposed to be somewhere else today, but uh, first thing I thought of when my alarm went off this morning is getting the kids on the bus. I was thinking, you know, we're all supposed to be in Texas right now. Oh, no but, question about it. Scott, for you, like, for you personally, where do you feel the momentum switched? Because, you know, it, 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 it switched. So where was, the, where was the turning point for you? Well, I mean, I, it's easy to say, you know, games three and four. Um, obviously, the, the Diamondbacks made a bit of a statement there saying that they weren't going to go quietly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still thought, I mean, 3-2 coming home, two games left, I thought it was the Philly series. Uh, it really was. And, um, you know, they didn't hit. And uh, obviously, that's that was the difference there in those last two games. It was, and Arizona seemed to uh, to go back to their brand of baseball. Scott, that that felt like a big difference, especially six and seven. You know, they didn't run much early in this series, and then it felt like they didn't stop running at the end. It, not only did the series shift, it felt like the style of the series shifted a lot the last couple games. Yeah, I mean, and part of that is is um, part of that was you know not. You know, the Phillies had been so good at jumping on opponents early. And the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of that those last two days. I mean, they had the one two to one lead, I guess. Um, it was pretty brief. Uh, but but I think that allows Arizona to play that style of baseball. I think if they're down early, they're they're less inclined to take risks on the bases and, and uh, be uber aggressive on the bases. But once they're up, uh, and they're feeling the momentum. I thought by game seven, you know, game six was one thing, uh, you know, the stolen bases, uh, you know, you could kind of explain each one of those away. But I thought in game seven, it was without a doubt, it was their style. Um, you know, first to third, taking an extra base, pushing the envelope. Uh, they definitely took it to the Phillies in, in that final game. You know, I'm kind of curious. 36 games, 36, 37, somewhere around there. 30 plus, I should say. At first base, how do you think Bryce Harper did his first time at first base? I thought it was great, and um, uh, you know, it's it's amazing to me that we got to the playoffs in the end of the season, and we never had to really discuss things that he was doing wrong. You know, um, there was ma- you know maybe one coverage there, and they they sort of you know the pitcher still covered, so you know Harper went too wide of the bag, I thought, um, but you know. Uh, that was that was the big worry that all the nuanced things about first base would get in the way, and they just didn't. And I think by the end, by that you know whatever that number was, you, you were it wasn't like you were worried about him. Um, you just expected him to to play well at first base. And um, you know I don't know what the future holds, but obviously that's kind of a linchpin for going forward, deciding what what Harper's going to do. Is he going to be an outfielder again, or is he going to be at first base? So. Um, that's kind of the first domino in my mind to fall in terms of 
how you structure the offseason and how you plan for what you're going to, what moves you might be ready to make. I agree with you on that, Scott. And it feels like a linchpin for the, the short term and the long term because, uh, you know, he's signed up here for a long time and to decide what he is, you know, the short term, clearly how they fit all the other pieces around him, that's a big deal. But the long term, what's best for him to keep him on the field? You know, he's had a bunch of injuries the last couple of years and the more he's on the field, clearly the better the Phillies are. Scott, when, when you think about it, in the, yesterday they mentioned both Topper and um, Dombrowski that they will talk to him about it. He obviously has that stature within the team and his contract. But how do you think this goes down? Do you think it's just a matter of he says, I want to do this, or he tells them what he thinks and then they make a decision? Because it's, it's obviously a big one. I honestly believe that if they ask him flat out what he wants to do, he'll say, I'll do what's best for the team. Um, and if the move presents itself, that is, you know, getting a different first baseman or getting Reese back, um, then I think he's willing to accept, you know, uh, the outfield again. Um, I really do believe that Bryce Harper will do whatever it takes, whatever, whatever he believes, whatever the organization believes will be the best fit. Um, you know, I mean, I look at it, I don't, you know, Rob kind of mentioned it yesterday. I mean, his first base, the thing that's going to lengthen his career. I don't know. I mean, he does a lot of moving around, and uh, he's an aggressive player, and, and uh, he's jumping and diving and falling over rails and everything else. I mean, he's going to play that way at first. He's going to play that way in right. He's going to play that way in left. Wherever you put him, he, that's how he plays. That's who he is. So, I, you know, the injury thing is sometimes that's just bad luck. Um you know, I, you know, I don't know. Do the, do the medical people say, you know, it would put a lot less stress on his, on his elbow if we put him at first base? I don't know. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. That, that's, that's a big thing that they, they have to figure out. Bryce, when he was asked about it, it was either the first or the second series of the playoffs. And he, he kind of spoke right away like, yeah, I'm an outfielder and I'll go back there. And I just kind of did this to help the team and, it sounded like he was talking like, you know, Reese would be back and these kinds of things. And, and uh, maybe he's just hopeful Reese will be back. I know he likes him and he likes him as a teammate. Who wouldn't? Um, so I don't know. We'll see. It's got a lot of questions yesterday about the chasing by the batters at the end of the series. I really particularly felt like Turner and Castellanos just got in those, those ruts where they get into where they swing at everything. Castellanos probably the worst of it down the stretch and questions about style and, where do you come down on this? Like, do you think they need to? I don't know if it's a, it's it's subtracting or more adding a different style of player. Because the way I view it is, the best teams in October grind at bats, and the Phillies have a lot of those guys. Bryce grinds. Um, I think Stott is a grinder and a bat. Schwarber, even though he strikes out a bunch, does. But they also have guys that just will go three pitches and they strike out sometimes, like Castellanos. Do you think they need another? Grinder, which Reese Hoskins is. I mean, if they decide to bring him back, but it just—it felt yeah. like that was an issue towards the end. Yeah, I think um, any time a pitcher can can get an easy out on just a few pitches, um, that's that that's you know a feather in their cap, and that's a momentum boost for them. And I think we saw that a lot. Um, you know, the back half of that series, just too many quick outs, and and I thought. You know, they the first time they faced Brandon fought. I think they admittedly, you know, Kevin Long said, you know, we I don't think we had a great game plan against them. And uh, you know, that's on everybody. That's not just the hitters. That's the coaches. That's the people who put put the plans together. But they felt like they were going to get some mistakes to hit, and they did. The guy pitched well. 
Um, but it maybe wasn't the best game plan because they found themselves, you know, in a hole, 0-2, and, and now they're having to chase that slider off the plate, slider, sweeper, whatever you want to call it. Um, then they're having to chase a little bit more. So uh, it, it, to me, just for myself, it never hurts to add a player like that that, that has those kinds of at-bats. Um, and if that's Reese or if that's somebody else, I, I think it would be, um, I think it would be really uh, advantageous for the Phillies to add somebody like that. We're talking, and it might have to come at somebody else's expense. It could. There's only so many places, right? Especially if Reese comes back. I mean, how do you fit the whole puzzle together? We're talking to Scott Fransky here on a Fransky Friday. We've had him all season. We wrap up today, Scott. Um, when you look at the offseason, the other big thing, of course, is Aaron Nola. Uh, you know, it, they, if they don't bring him back, they need someone else. And I, I feel like it's going to almost come down to a matter of how many years does he want? Because I, I think they have the money to re-sign him at market value, somewhere around $30 million a year probably. I, I don't think that'll be a problem. The question is years. He's so durable. I, and it's like a two-edged sword. You know, do you double-edged sword? Do you think he will continue to be durable? Or has he used up all his pitches? He's thrown a lot of innings by age 31 you wonder how many years he has left, and I feel like that's going to be a big part of this whole thing. Yeah, the years will be a part of it. Um, and the other part of it, you know, there's there's really no predicting that. Um, you can go ba- based on history of other players, um, but, you know, you're, you're just talking about a forward-looking statement when it comes to Aaron Nola, and maybe Nola's an outlier, right? Maybe Nola will remain as durable as he's ever been. Um, I, I don't know. There's no way to predict that. So uh, it, it comes down to whatever the organization, whatever Dave Dombrowski is comfortable with in terms of that length. And, and you, know, uh, you know, past you know, precedent tells you there's not, a, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of guys that throw that many innings well into their 30s, especially if they've had um, the kind of track record that he does. But again, maybe he's the outlier. But that's to me, that's huge because you obviously you built your whole postseason rotation around a, a top two. So if if not him, who, right? Who else is out there that you can go get on the free agent market? Maybe not. Maybe there's something on the trade market you could do that that could approximate what Nola did and who Nola is. But um, uh, you know, again, I I think uh, you know you know the devil you know and the devil you don't, right? Um, you got a long tracker record with Aaron. You know who he is. You know what he's about. And I think that says a lot. And then the players in the clubhouse know who he is and what he's about. And he fits with them. So um, I like Aaron Nola. I've always been a Nola fan. And I'd like to see the Phillies resign him. But, you know, it ain't my money and it ain't my job to, to have to figure those things out. So, um, so again, I – if not him, who? That's my question. It's a big one, and the trade market probably makes the most sense, if not if not Noel there. All right, let's end with this, Scott. Tonight's game one of the World Series. What's it like for you? Will you watch? Are, are you into it? I mean, obviously the, the Texas being in there probably gives you a different feeling on it, but what's it like for you after the, the run with the Phillies ends? Are you kind of – do you shut the TV off, or are you into the series? I'm more of a, probably a shut the TV off um, – I, I don't know. I mean, again, it's not like a – I mean, I've just watched a lot of baseball. And, and generally, like, let's say the Phillies aren't in the playoffs. I, I rarely ever check in on the early rounds. I'll see what the scores are. I'll see who's advancing. And then I'll kind of come back to it near the end. And I would imagine this will be the same kind of thing. 
you know, the, the Rangers play-by-play voice was the guy I grew up listening to. He was my mentor. Um, Eric Nadell has been there since, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. Um, you know, for his sake, I hope he gets to call it. And if he does, I'll be listening for sure um, because, um, because of my connection to him. But, uh, but yeah, I, 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 it's not appointment TV for me if it's on, if, it's, if I've got time. But, you know, right now for me, it's, I kind of check out and maybe hang with the kids a little bit more. Well, Scott, enjoy it. We've enjoyed the calls. It was a great run, just like last year. Unfortunately, it didn't end the right way, but great run. Scott, we appreciate all the spots this, uh, this season. I'm sure we'll catch up soon. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It's been a blast. We'll talk to you again in the spring. There we go. Scott Fransky there. We, we, I haven't really enjoyed the Fransky Fridays on this show. He's been a big part of the show. Yeah. Very forceful. Are you going to make us sad now? I'm going to miss Scott. Miss the Phils. <laughs> 